0: Friends, we have a treat today, and um, for many of you, you know that we have had about a 20-year partnership downtown Queen Street in Parkdale with, uh, you'll hear the words TAC, T-A-C. Many of you who are new, you're coming and going, well, what is TAC? Well, You keep hearing this TAC thing, what's TAC? It just simply stands for the uh, Toronto Alliance Church it's a church we partner with downtown. They're a part of our denominational family. And uh, we've been doing this for a lot of years. Uh, I have a privilege of interviewing Andrew this morning, and then he has a shorter message to bring to us. And um, I want to just welcome Andrew Hubbard. <clears throat> now, uh, before we get to this, is, uh, this is a fellow worker. He's a normal human. He showed me his scars. You have uh, really nice scars, yeah, like went from almost ear to ear. What was that all about, Andrew? Yeah,
1: well, in, uh, I guess it's close to a year ago now, I was, uh, you know, uh, told that I had thyroid cancer, and then in uh, mid-December had uh, a total thyroidectomy, is what they call it, just took it right out. And, uh, you know, so far so good, all the tests and all the checkups indicate that all the cancer is gone and yeah I'm just uh, very thankful to be I feel like mostly through that season and I know that a lot of folks here have been praying for me so I'm just really thankful for that my family and I
0: you know I remember uh, when I was a youth pastor and we lost our first daughter you know people sometimes in the congregation think well you're a pastor that shouldn't stuff like this shouldn't happen to us but uh, we are just like you, and we walk through deep waters like many of you, and it's so good to see you back up in Adam, yeah. Uh, Andrew, um, you have been serving down at Toronto Alliance for how long?
1: Uh, about 10 years.
0: 10 years. And uh, what we wanted to just talk a little bit about, uh, Andrew, what has this partnership, now you come in halfway to it almost, but what has this partnership meant to you and to the ministry in particular, uh, Andrew's overseeing uh, especially, remember we had these things called community nights where once a month our church would come and we would provide a hot meal and uh, and we would do stuff. We would lay out tablecloths and we would serve food like crazy. We wouldn't have them come through a line. We wanted to serve the street involved and so we would go and serve tables like we were waiters and give them as much as they needed what did this mean to you and what kind of things did you see why should we keep doing this uh, let me just ask you that
1: okay yeah that's a good question well you know uh t- to me personally you know so i you know run this ministry i'm pastor of compassionate ministries at toronto Lions church and uh, so over the years you know so the you know, thinking like before pandemic, COVID, you know, it was, first of all, you know, it just brings joy to my heart when you would come down and bring the meals and come and serve. It's you know, there's, uh, at that time, there was about um, just over 100 people probably coming up into uh, Toronto Alliance Church on a Saturday night for a meal and the chapel service that would follow. And it just, it just uh, it it does so much to encourage people's hearts uh, those who had come you know like I don't know about you but uh, like when I'm hungry I get angry you know there's even that term hangry and um, so like our bodies and our souls are maybe a little closer connected than sometimes we think and so when there's there's folks who come who um, they've got a place to come where they can have a reliable meal where uh, you know where food can be scarce a place to come where you know fellowship and a sense of togetherness even of being served is very it's very small it's maybe not even in the imagination It 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 just speaks multitudes of the love of God for for people who are in need it just means so much and so and the fact that you you guys partner with us month after month is just is just a phenomenal gift like so we're you know we're not a big church downtown uh and so we really we work through partnerships and without partnerships you know i you know we're 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 kind of sunk in the water and so yeah it just it keeps it keeps this wonderful ministry just going and not and not only that but uh, yeah you guys would bring tablecloths and just a. A wonderful meal it wasn't kind of bare bones stuff it was a wonderful meal and uh and wonderful wonderful service uh and and so you know for us like we just want to serve god in the downtown there's a lot of needy folks downtown and you guys have just bolstered that ministry and have fed into that ministry and i and and i see that that you your church too has 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 benefited from that ministry as well i just love how god works the economy of god is like you know everyone wins (laughs) so you know we you know we at uh, attack win because we get to keep serving in ministry those who are needy and come for the for the food and whatnot they win because they're provided for body and soul and i've seen that you guys have you guys win too because uh you know there's just such a sense of the blessing of God when we serve others and uh, and and you just see you just see how god how God loves us, how God cares for us, and just yeah every night just ends well with it would end with tiredness, but with just a sense of the blessing of God
0: um, <clears throat> we'd often speak for those who would go down I remember. You know, on the front side, we'd be thinking of, you know, how we we're going to help these, these people, these poor people. And then when we drive away, we were so humbled, and we felt like we got way more out of what we gave them. Some turning points happen in the lives of someone and those who would go down often, and that is when we actually get to know the people. And as I would go down and sit down with them after the meal and participate in the service, and hear them uh my good friends you know john is still buddy you know and uh just love those people and when you get to know them as individuals now you see and you hear their story and you see that oh sometimes we have preconceived ideas as to why people are in need down there and in our self-righteousness we can subtly judge and we feel like we are better than them But when you sit and serve With consistency and get to know and hear the story, everything changes. And I just want to encourage you, church. uh, Now, what happened? Now, COVID changed things. Then we decided, you asked us, we couldn't come down and do community night. And then you altered how you did it and sometimes even when and so now it was a matter of making sandwiches and putting together sandwich bags tell us about that whole experience
1: yeah so you know everyone's life got changed over those uh those years with the pandemic and um so we because uh, on a saturday night when we had the meal upstairs the place was like a just like a beehive you know it's just there's people everywhere and bumping in each other and and uh, so i couldn't do that and so we just transitioned to um, just serving right from our front door, which is which is right on Queen Street near Bathurst, and uh, just, yeah, just kind of, just simplifying really to make it work and serving lunches um, from our front door. And so that, um, you know, at first it just seems like a, a, a big loss, and it, it has been a loss in a lot of ways, but also we, you know, you know, God knows what he's doing. God knows how to, how to um, you know, just, just make things work well and to bring benefit out of, you know, a changed situation. So, you know, we've, we've uh, instead of just the Saturdays, we actually serve lunches three, three times a week and at times we've done five times a week as well. And uh, so that gives us opportunity to come into contact with people with, uh, with more frequency to build relationship. And also, uh, you know, there's, uh, it, it, it often gives us times just to, you know, whereas a, on a Saturday night with the big crowd upstairs, there's so much going on, it's, it's hard to do kind of one-on-one ministry sometimes, um, but now there's, there's a lot of times where we can, you know, just, I'm just looking at people in the face for like, you know, four hours uh, Tuesday and Wednesday and three hours on the Saturday and just able to you know to see, like you know, what, you know and ask, like you know, how, how are you doing? What's going on? And to pray with people, to to disciple people, to share Christ with people, and uh, you know, so that's that's uh, there's been a lot of benefit to it as well. And and through this time too, I should I should add, uh, the crowd that comes to our door has just gradually grown. So uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, it was smaller, people were not wanting to go outside, maybe about 60 people. Not long after that, 80 people were coming to our door. Um, and then just this uh, summer, uh, that the number of people who come to our door daily jumped from like 120 to like 170 people. Uh, that's a lot of, <laughs> if you've been to our place, you know that there's, uh, you know, there's stairs right at our door, and so when people ask, because uh, we have food bank as well and clothing that we give out, and so when people ask for these things, we still ask that they stay at the door, and and I or uh, our intern Oscar will will run up the stairs and go go grab things for them, and come back down. That's a lot of trips up and down the stairs. 170 people, um, but it's yeah, it's. Uh, so the need, the need really is is increasing.
0: I was going to say you're looking in good shape there, aren't you? I don't know. 170 <laughs> Um One of the things that uh, Summit has done, I remember the first years of our partnership, we supplied uh, Toronto Alliance Church with laser printers, bought all their Celebrate Recovery materials. Uh, we would encourage their staff. Where we'd get together, uh, we would bring their staff up here or go down and have time with their staff and then you know like-minded roles would go and spend time together and pray together and then we'd have a meal together and um, it was just a wonderful time and bill and i've arranged to do this again in november and we're looking forward to gathering with your your team again um, one of the new things that you know as people as you give to missions and give to TAC and other types of things uh, we were able to help you, and now you have a second location in Parkdale, correct? And what's happening there?
1: Yeah. So we um, <clears throat> we uh, we ha- we recently had let that place go in in Parkdale. Um, just to be clear about that, but th- yeah. So we had been renting a place in in Parkdale. We just called it Tac Two Tac Two, and uh, We ended up, uh, you know, we did a lot of kids' programs through there and we did some, we tried to do some kind of cool initiatives, just do like a, you know, when it was uh, Tibetan Heritage Month, we uh, just had a week where we were, you know, telling stories from the Bible because it's just a a culture that really resonates with stories. Uh, And there's, and through, so we've let that place go, but, but through that place, there's been uh, two significant other ministries that have started up th- through there where we've been invited into, um, into buildings, to minister in the buildings. Yeah.
0: Now, if you don't know, the largest Tibetan community outside of Tibet is right at their doorstep. And uh, when I was in Nepal with our president and... Uh, I was uh, touring around and, and listening and hearing the leader in that. They call it a refugee camp, but it's actually permanent homes. It's like a village of Tibetans in Nepal, uh, up n- near Kathmandu. And um, as I listened, I heard the person say, these people aren't home. And he, I, I, I heard him say, they're in Toronto right now. And I'd go along, and I heard that two or three times, and the Holy Spirit grabbed my heart. And... I said, I wonder, are they connected somehow with their neighbors? And as I prayed into that, I felt very, very strongly that the Lord had wanted your team, Bill and Leslie, to go to establish some sort of connection because I thought that there was something happening that God might use. And so I called Bill up and I said, Bill, you guys need, you and Leslie need to go to, to Nepal. To And he said, I'd love to. Uh, can't. And I said, well, why? He, no cash. I said, leave the cash to me. Pray it. And if you say, sense in your spirit that there's something there, then just trust the Lord. And so he prayed and he called back in and he said, I think that some, there's something here stirring in our souls. Came to the church, came to you and as a church, you know, we actually leveraged money there. Uh, we sent a third person from Summit here. It was Leah who went with uh, Bill and Leslie and they got to go there. As a result of this, here's the amazing God God thing. These, they actually, Bill, and when he got together with the people over there, they actually knew some of the same people. As Bill's been ministering in some of these buildings with Tibetans, they actually knew the same people. And now that leader talks to Bill when there's people coming and going so even before they get here, they can serve and love these people. And it's been very, very cool what God's been doing. And I just wanted to share that. I'm not sure, Andrew, if you knew that story, but it was really cool how your giving establishes ministries. God has no boundaries, and He is just an amazing God. Uh, Bill told me one more story amongst this Tibetan community, and that's your soccer ministry that Leslie was running in this, and uh, they run this soccer league amongst uh, a whole of the people down there and this young man came to Pastor Bill one day and said that he wanted to be a coach in their soccer league and Bill's trying to be polite and say well maybe you can be a helper and then he was relentless he wanted to coach his own team in the league and so Bill finally said to him I'm sorry Um, this is you know, sponsored by our church and we've decided that the the coaches need to be the, the head coaches need to be Christians and he said yes and he goes he says I am and Bill looked at him and he said, I've been in this soccer program since I was a kid. And he said, I saved every paper and Bible verse and everything that you did. And I prayed those prayers. And I received Jesus a few years ago. And, but in the culture and in, you know, some of the pressure and persecution, he didn't let that be known. But here was someone who's in our family, and you're going to meet this young man Either here or in the new heaven, the new earth, uh, because of the ministry that's taking place down there. Um, what do you see uh, anything you want to say to our church before you get into your message and uh, yeah, just want to let it challenge us through this, but what do you say?
1: Well, yeah, just so very, very grateful, like just on, on behalf of uh, Toronto Alliance Church, our pastoral staff, very, very grateful for just such a, a long, a, just a partnership for the long term. It just means so much to us, and your, your passion, your heart, your involvement, um, you know, and just people coming, or resources it's phenomenal and we're so grateful and but also on behalf of you know just the people who come to the community night ministry and the kids that we've reached out to and in, in through our soccer ministries and through stem clubs and like we we're a small church but we do a lot of outreach a lot and and that, you know, we're able to do that, well, because of the power of God, but because of the partnerships that He gives us. And the partnership with you at Summit has been very, very sweet and very wonderful. So, yeah, just thank you. Last thing
0: I'll say is this uh, first, I want to thank you, Andrew, uh, on behalf of your whole church, because as I was explaining to Bill a couple of years ago, what what's happened and the gift that you've given us by being able to serve is it's created and cultivated a heart of compassion and now we we start to see ourselves starting to do a few things our engagement in 360 kids up here and other types of things mission work that's going on around the world you, 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 what toronto alliance has been to us is it's cultivating a heart of compassion in us as we serve down there. And I just want to say thank you for that opportunity. And church, I know it's every month. I know it's relentless. Making sandwiches, making meals, driving stuff down. But when you and I sit down and have phenomenal meals every every day, there are people amongst us and through our partnership with our with Andrew and the team that are going hungry. And not all of them are you know, lost people with mental illness who are living on the street. We have believing brothers and sisters that are living in poverty. And it's a privilege to be able to do this. So when you see, you know, every month there's an opportunity as to what, what is necessary, what needs to be given, I want to encourage you. Uh, let's get behind this. It's like a new chapter post-COVID. Many of you are new to the church We wanted to give tangible time up here because it's one of the most important ministries that actually changes us too. And I want to encourage us let's get behind the ministry to attack. As I was reading this week, those who give to the poor lend to the Lord. And uh, as we serve the least of these, Jesus said, You've done it to me. May the heart of our church continue to grow deep for those who are marginalized and uh, sometimes oppressed, and uh, those that are in need. I want to say thanks to, you know, in the 20 years we've had a number of people who have led that ministry down there. Leah's back. She's here today. She led that. Then Navid, who's now got his own church going, and Fabian, and uh, Loj, and Ekaterina. Uh, We just want to just say thank you for your, steadfast leadership, because what I said to Bill that first day before we signed this deal and wanted to go, I says, I'm not interested. Churches do this. They get the case of the guilties every Christmas. I wish should do something. We want it to be long haul, deep partnership, you know, and, and that's what you've been. So those who have led this ministry, we say thank you because it's through your leadership and gathering us all together and keeping us going that we've been able to live uh, in that way. So Bill... Uh, would you stand? We're going to pray for him. He's going to speak God's word to us, and uh, let's just trust Father in heaven. We we are so thankful for just the ability to have this opportunity to sit under Your word, and we pray that You'd bring it through our brother. Give us ears to hear what you want to say to us today. Speak to our hearts, our minds, and our wills. And may this church increase, abound in its heart for those that are in need. So we just thank you so much for this opportunity to sit under your word. And we gladly receive it in your name. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Well, it's definitely uh, my pleasure and my privilege uh, just to be here. I was telling a number, uh, a number of uh, people who I was talking to before, that it feels like I've never been here before, but I have. Uh, but it is so beautiful in here. It's wonderful, and uh, it's uh, you know we've all we've all had to uh, you know adapt and make changes depending on you know what situations are. Um, Uh, you know, are are going on, so, you know, uh, I just applaud, I applaud you, I applaud Summit and the pastoral staff, Um, you know, there's been, uh, it's just been a tough season for churches, Um, yeah, just a tough season, and maybe it will continue to be so, Uh, but so I just applaud you, you know, God is very pleased with gathering, God is very pleased with the, with the praise and the prayer he's very pleased by the outpouring of uh time and energy and finances and resources god is is so pleased with all of that and he's just full of of love he, he himself provides it and he himself is so pleased when we steward uh just the gifts that he's given us in our life in our health our energy our resources so way to go yeah way to go um yeah, just uh, one, it, the Bible speaks so much about compassionate ministry, so much towards care for the poor and the needy, the disadvantaged. It can be hard to you know just even choose what passage to speak on. Uh, so I've just landed here on a, uh, just a really beautiful passage in Deuteronomy 15. Uh, so I've just uh, titled it, you know, let. Let mercy flow freely. Uh, it's just the just the sermon title here. So let me let me read that. Uh, just a few verses, verses seven to eleven, out of Deuteronomy fifteen. <clears throat> and so the context here is um, about this uh, kind of re- release of um, uh, of of of, um, of of what is owed uh, by the by the poor every seven years. And so, you know, the, you know, the potential kind of problems that would come to the poor, looking for a loan late in that seven years, looking for help, needing help, and uh, the potential hard hearts that could come because, well, the seventh year is coming and I might not get my, my, uh, my loan uh, money back from them. So here we go. If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend to him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart. And you say, seventh year, the year of release, it's, it's near. And then your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him. Because, <clears throat> because for this is... Uh, This is the, sorry, because for this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake, for there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. Uh, This is the wonderful word of the Lord. Yeah, so. Just uh, first off here, uh, just highlight, you know, just one of the things that strikes me so much, verse 9 says, take care lest there be an unworthy thought in your hearts. I think when it comes to the poor, uh, there's a lot of thoughts that come into our minds. And a lot of the time it's, uh, so in this passage, you know, the, the unworthy thought is based on a truth. Well, the seventh year, the year of release is coming. So, if I lend anything to this person who's poor, like, I'm probably not gonna get that back. I'm not gonna get that back. And even just the, the, there's a change in the language in this passage too from loaning, uh, you know, so, you know, loan to your neighbor whatever they need. And then in verse 10, it changes you shall give to him freely. So there is this this kind of funny change where it starts with loaning, but then is kind of admitting that well, really, what it will be likely is just a pure gift to your poor brother. It's just kind of this amazing transition in this passage, and so there's there's that's the unworthy thought, but it, it's based on the truth that the seventh year is coming, that there that there are releases for the poor for the needy in that society and in our in, in our province our country as well there's releases to the poor and to the needy there's different you know things that they could sign up for there's different checks that they receive each month there's all these things all this is true and all this is good but here god is addressing the thoughts of our heart. And we, we need to be careful with those thoughts because we want those thoughts to be uh, reflective of who God is. And God is full of generosity. And so we need to, I was thinking of, like, how would I explain this to my son? You know, that we actually, you know, not all the thoughts in our heads are, you know, even if they're based on the truth, are worth keeping. <laughs> you know, not are worth keeping. So I was thinking, Ah, you know, like when we make instant noodles at home, he hates the broth. He doesn't want it there in the bowl. He just wants pure noodle. I don't know, maybe you're like that, maybe not, maybe you like the broth. But when we do that, you know, we we heat up the water, we get the noodles going, and then we put it like a strainer in the sink. And, you know, when the, the noodles are ready, we just pour the noodles and the broth into the strainer. And what's left? Just the noodles. And according to my son, that's just the only worthy stuff there, not the broth. But our thoughts are like that, and our thoughts towards the poor are like that. You know, we have lots of thoughts, and maybe it's, oh, that person looks dangerous. I don't want to be near them. Or let someone else take care of them. Or, you know, whatever. We have a lot of different thoughts. You know, for me, too, I have these thoughts, too. You know, there's people that, Are very difficult to deal with sometimes i think well let someone else (laughs) you know let someone else let pastor bill talk to that person you know Uh, and so there's these thoughts that come to us but what we want to work towards is hearts that are reflective of the heart of the lord jesus christ and to have worthy thoughts towards the needy and so what that means is Uh, from closed hands where we want to keep you know the things we work hard and we want to keep those things we want to cherish those things we want to be jealous for those things that we have or you know we want to be thinking wisely about the future but when it comes to thinking about the poor god says let your hand be open that's a worthy thought Is looking and like Pastor Jerry was saying you know when you get to know people it just changes things when you get to look at people and you just you just think the Lord God has made this person and whatever difficulty they're in and maybe that they've got themselves in whatever mental health issues addictions the Lord God has made this person it's not an issue it's a brother it's a it's a person created in the image of God who's before us so that is a worthy thought and you know if you want to think you want other examples of unworthy thoughts you can you know watch the uh uh, the Muppets Christmas special which goes through you know the story of um you know basically like the Scrooge you know like the uh the Charles Dickens story there you can think of um, you know, the Grinch and all his unworthy thoughts and his heart sinking and all that. But we want to be people who are like Christ, who open our hearts, who have warm hearts and open hands to those who are in need. The second uh, point here I just want to make is that, you know, just think, let's think about how God operates here. So God here has given his law to his people, and he expects people... To do this work you know there and in james it says like you know like god gives us that work you know we can pray all we want for people but if there's someone who doesn't have clothes sitting in front of us that we know about who's gonna have a hard time making it through the month well you gotta do something about that that's how god operates god operates by telling us you know saying telling us to just to check our hearts he, he call he gives us many things many resources and even where there are not many resources that we have yet still he he calls us he he moves through us he makes us stewards we don't we don't actually own anything we can you know there's all these kinds of things that tell us we own things we have You know, deeds to land. We have bank accounts that show money. You know, we have all these things, but we don't own any of it. The Bible says that this is a gift from God entrusted to us to use for his delight and for our joy too. So that's how God works. I was thinking of, uh, you know, Jesus Uh, you know he's got this big crowd in front of him and his disciples are saying uh, they're saying like Jesus let's uh, let's let the crowd go because it's getting late and people are beginning to get hangry and Jesus says you feed them (laughs) what (laughs) oh that must have just been such a crazy moment you feed them like I don't have any I didn't even bring lunch with me either i don't got instant noodles with me you know but that's what he says you feed them and so you know we're a church downtown it's right in our face we're called to to feed and to clothe and to love but you guys too are not exempt from any of that even if it's kind of far away and so just again so thankful for the partnership that we have together because we don't have, the, we don't have the, the resources to keep things up, I don't think, without you guys. And also, you know, again, this is how God operates. in how, This is how he treats us, with an open hand, with a warm heart. Uh, you know, I think it was uh, mentioned earlier, but just from 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, you know, it says, you know the grace... Of our Lord Jesus Christ, now His grace that He's shown to us—that though He was rich, He became poor to make us rich. I just love that. That's 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 our sense of of blessedness. He loves us. He's poured Himself out for us, and in and in turn, too, He enables us to pour out ourselves in wonderful ways. And then the third point here is just the impact. The impact of this overflowing mercy, this free-flowing mercy. So in this passage, we actually don't see all of the impact. We just hear, well, it's tough to give, especially when a year of release is coming. And so you know we hear a lot of don't don't harden your heart and we hear the do do give but we don't see the result of that we don't see a story of how that works out here you know i see i see those stories all the time in in downtown toronto of how god brings release you know it, it's so it's so it's such a privilege when there's someone who who is comes before you and you can help them out tangibly with all these all these wonderful things a really good meal, really good clothing, toiletries, food bank items it's such a it's such a blessing to do that and you see and you hear the relief that it gives to people it's amazing it's an amazing privilege just to experience that all the time there's been a number of people who uh, in I think in the summer, there was a couple people who came by, and they said, I know you haven't seen me for a while, and I just wanted to come back and say, thank you, because I I don't know how I would have made it through this year without all your help, and I finally got back on my feet. I finally was able to find a job, and I just wanted to come back to the door and say, thank you so much, and it's it's just amazing. It's such a privilege. It just saves, it saves people. And then not only does it provide for sort of the physical and the tangible things, but, uh, you know, the results of this too are, and so that all that physical, tangible stuff is absolutely huge. I like to think that we, you know, provide food for the body and food for the soul at tact. And it's it really, you know, there's, I'm just thinking about this one, um, you know, this one event with this one fellow. He he came by uh, a, a few times. He's a tall guy, uh, bald, big beard, often would wear, you know, kind of glasses that you couldn't see his eyes through. He's kind of an intimidating guy. And uh, so he would just come by for lunches every once in a while. And then... Uh, one time he came by, and he was really agitated. He did, I don't even think he wanted a meal at that, at that point. He was really agitated. And he, he, was, he was saying to me, he, he was saying, you know, almost like Ecclesiastes style, like, there's no, there's no purpose in anything. You know, and he was telling me, just think about it. Think about it. And I was trying to speak back to him, and he would stop me and say, just, you think about that. Everything just repeats itself. It's all the same. There's no change. We don't get anywhere. All this. Just think about it. And I found that one of the most beautiful things is that is just prayer. You just pray whenever you're in, well, all times pray. But when there's difficult circumstances, I've just come to, to learn that it's just good to just pray. Just quietly, you know, God what do, I, what do I do here? What do I say to this guy? You know, these, and these are things that I've thought about before, you know, the meaning of life and things like that. But how do I express it to this fellow? And, and in my mind, you know, just, just the, uh, uh, it's just like a piano and a guitar came into my mind, and, and I feel like God really helped me to formulate something with that. But anyways, I asked the fellow, I said, Do you, have you ever played guitar or piano? And he says, he says, yeah, I played in a band for a long time. And, and I said, well, you know when you play guitar and you strum that guitar, and those strings they just they just vibrate they just come to life and they sing you know they just make beautiful music i said that is what our lives are meant to be where our lives you know it's just meant to hum to come alive to be you know to make music and i wasn't able to tell him that well what we want to be is in tune with the lord jesus and to trust him with our lives for meaning, it wasn't. Didn't seem like the right time to do that. But he kind of stopped and he looked at me. And he said, "Yeah, I think that's true." And then he walked away. And then it must have been like a month later. He comes back and he says, "He says, uh, he says, thank you for what you said." And I and I really get the impression that. Um, just the picture of the piano and the guitar in my mind saved this man's life, uh, saved him from taking his own life. And so I, there's, that's just one story and maybe one extraordinary story of how God saves people through this ministry, saves lives, uh, draws people to himself, you know, where people come To believe in the lord jesus through just just this simple ministry that we do at the door right now Uh, and so just you know god the impact is that god brings life he brings hope but i also want to say that the benefit is ours who give absolutely as pastor jerry was saying the benefit is ours even in this passage that is really what is highlighted well first of all is highlighted like You should give because if that person prays you know you are you're guilty before God for not providing what you should have. But not only that there's positive reasons here. He just says because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all you undertake. You know God blesses us as we imitate him. And he helps us too. Maybe there's Maybe we prosper material, be, materially or financially because of what we do, maybe. But there's other benefits that come too. You know, there's connections, there's joy in our hearts, there's an openness, there's a freeness. And there's, uh, and there's beautiful partnerships that result in all these things. So the impact uh, is, is just everyone wins. It's beautiful. And the last thing I, I want to do, I don't have a note up here about that or anything, It's just, is just <clears throat> you know, s- probably starting in in around February in the new year, we want to start doing in-person meals again. And that's a big deal because it takes a lot of work from, uh, well, from you guys. It takes a lot of work and it can be a real grind. And sometimes we wonder, well, are there enough people you know making lunches that we'll be able to provide everything that's asked for and it's a bit and it's even a bigger ask when more people than the just the, the people delivering the sandwiches are to come down like we need volunteers who serve in location at Toronto Alliance Church you know for that that Saturday that you guys are scheduled for, second Saturday of the month. It's a big, it's a big task. And I, I, know, I definitely know that and I understand that. But I want to call you just to this vision, this vision of, of what God calls us to, what God is calling you to. And so the responsibilities that come with that The grind that comes with that, like God doesn't say I'll save you from like feeling like it's too much. He never says that. He doesn't say that. He says don't lose heart. That's what he says. Don't lose heart. Trust me, I feel the grind of ministry to the needy. And God always just says don't lose heart. Okay, Lord, (laughs) I'm going to have to trust you for that one. You know, we lean on him. I want to call you just to be ready, to be ready to give uh, to the needy, you know, like by proxy, I guess, you know, through Toronto Alliance Church and through the other ministries that you have as well. But just to be ready, you know, when the time comes, to be ready to, to give, to make, to come, just to be ready for that. And, uh, you know, I was just reading, I was reading through the book of Judges, recently uh just about seven chapters through here but i was reading judges chapter five and so there's all these issues with you know israel the people of god conquering the promised land and all these things and it's i don't want to think about that right now but what's amazing here is that uh like so in judges four and five you know where there's there's people in the land. That are kind of oppressing them now, oppressing the people of God. And so there's certain leaders that God raises up after the people cry out for help. In Judges 4 and 5, there's a couple of leaders. There's Deborah and there's Barak. And there's and there's a and there's others too. But as I read Deborah's song in Judges chapter 5. It's, there's this big call to the other brothers and sisters in Israel to join in the fight, to come together and to do that. And just the celebration of this, of just willing hearts to enter into the battle. And, and it starts out just the leaders, they took the lead in Israel that the people offered themselves willingly, willingly to give their lives, their energy and then it goes, later on, it goes through just these different tribes, talks about Ephraim and Benjamin and Zebulun and Issachar and just lauds glory on them for just joining in, joining together with brothers and sisters and the people of God and, and, and fighting. And then, and then we get to a couple of tribes, Reuben and Asher. And, and of Reuben, it's just said, why did you sit still? oh, why did you sit still? And there ends up, you know, just, you know, you're among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling for the flocks. Why did you sit still? And that just, that hits, that hits hard. Why did you sit still? And then later on, You know, some other tribes are lauded for joining in willingly. And then Deborah, she says to herself, march on my soul with might. I love that. It just echoes those words, don't lose heart. March on my soul with might. And so I just want to end here by just calling you to march on with might, to not lose heart, but even to have an experience Expanding vision for what God is calling you to, what He's asking of you in partnership with us, and 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 wherever else we want to hear the voice of God, just call us wherever it may, wherever He may. Yeah, but I just when you hear the voice of God, and when you're called by your leadership to do something, don't be among those who's who's who sits still but be spurred on spurred on by the spirit of god who is our very life march on my soul with might yeah this is wonderful this is a wonderful word from god that just the life breathing goodness of the spirit Yeah, let me let me pray